Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 214 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us today as we continue our study of our Come Follow Me materials, covering July the 26th to August the 1st in Doctrine and Covenants, Section 84. And today we're going to conclude the section which talks about If I receive the Lord and his servants, I will receive all the Father has. And we're focusing uh, indeed on the uh, discussion uh, about the open covenant of the priesthood. Now, <laughs> I will say that um, I didn't actually read the uh, the Come and Follow Me um, section uh, paragraphs that went with this section and chapter or these verses. And if you remember yesterday, I was talking about how I personally had noticed the the words and the verbs that we use in obtaining the two priesthoods and how because it uses the words obtain it rather than, um, well, I said receive. It does use the word receive later, but as the Come Follow Me manual points out, it says this, quote, Elder Paul B. Piper taught, it is interesting that in the open covenant of the priesthood, the Lord uses the, the verbs obtain and receive. He does not use the verb ordain. It is in the temple that men and women together obtain and receive the blessings and power of both the Aaronic and Melchizedek priesthoods, close quote. And he wrote that in 2016. Um, so, uh, so as Paul B. Elder Paul B. Piper pointed out, uh, this also applies to men and women, uh, this open covenant of the priesthood. And it just made me start to think about things that we need to change. Uh, I was listening to um, a podcast, and this is actually referenced by Candice Welch in our Facebook group. Um, and so a little early shout out there for a listener comment. Uh, and please do share your comments on this week, because I think this is going to be a very interesting week of study in helping us change our understanding on the priesthood, or rather than change it, develop it. Um, he, there was a great guest on there, and I, I actually can't remember who, the guest's name right now, um, but they always have a guest on each week, uh, a scholar or someone who has studied deeply uh, the, the history of the church. And this individual was talking about priesthood, and they wrote a book about priesthood and women in the church. Or women and priesthood, um, and really interesting, really um, well studied, well developed, and thought through uh, discussion using the scriptures and quotes by general authorities about the priesthood, all in line with what President Nelson has been teaching recently. And she was talking about, you know, how we need to think about priesthood as not just the men, which is why there was an individual, I believe it was um, President Oaks, who said. We should not refer to the, the brethren who administer the priesthood as the priesthood, but we should say thank you, the holders of the priesthood. Um, but even so, um, thinking about kind of those camps where the young men go with their dads to uh, to camp and they call it the priesthood camp. Actually, it isn't the priesthood camp because, you know, if uh, if women and their daughters went to the camp, you could also call that the priesthood camp because everyone is able to utilise the priesthood in their lives. Uh, and so it just made me start to think, oh, do you know, is there other things we need to just think about when we when we talk about uh, the group of men and the group of women in the church? And it made me realise, oh, well, of course, President Nelson has now made the, the group of men in the church generally part of one group, which is Elders Quorum. And so perhaps we should now refer to that second hour on the second and fourth Sundays as rather than priesthood and, Re priesthood and relief society, because that seems to indicate that the, the men are able to use the priesthood and the and the sisters aren't, uh, whereas instead we should call it Elders Quorum and Relief Society. 
Um, it just made me start thinking about all these things about how we inadvertently um, apply the priesthood to a certain group. Whereas as we're learning, whilst one group of, of individuals in the church do hold the authority of the priesthood to administer certain ordinances. I mean, if you are a holder of the Aaronic priesthood, then yes, you are able to administer the sacrament to whatever uh, level you are ordained to, uh, whether it's just passing or passing and preparing or blessing as well. And then if you receive the Melchizedek priesthood, then yes, you are able to perform a number of more ordinances in the church, but you still can't perform them all yet uh, because you can't perform certain ones in the temple. Um, it's it, there is specific offices that are that men are ordained to to be able to do certain things uh, and ordinances in the church, but to use the power of the priesthood, all are able to. Uh, and this, and so I'm just basically signposting you to that uh, podcast because it was really interesting, and I've only listened to part one yet uh, so far, but I learned a lot from it. For our study moving forward, um, we got to verse thirty-eight. And this is one of the blessings that's available to those who receive the servants of God and who receive the priesthood. In other words, receive the blessings that come with it and use, utilize it in their own lives through um, the power of God in their lives. And it says in verse 38, And he that receiveth my father receiveth my father's kingdom. Therefore, all that my father hath shall be given unto him. Um, now, I was about to say before I read before I read that, there's very little um, gender-specific language in here. There is actually a him in here, but you could you could easily say that uh, it shall be given unto him means to all of mankind or whoever it is. Uh, Dale Wattel Stapley in April 1957 uh, said, quote, There are two main requirements of this open covenant. First is faithfulness, which denotes obedience to the laws of God and connotes true observance of all gospel standards. The second requirement is to magnify one's calling. To magnify is to honour, to exalt, to glorify, and to cause to be held in greater esteem or respect. It also means to increase the importance of, to enlarge and make greater. Close quote. Um, this is um, a really clear and outlined um, understanding of the open covenant, what the requirements are uh, to be able to receive this blessing. Um and in verse 39, it says, and this is according to the open covenant which belongeth to the priesthood. Elder Neil A. Maxwell uh, said this, quote, In pondering and pursuing consecration, understandably we tremble inwardly at what may be required. Yet the Lord has said consolingly, my grace is sufficient for you. Do we really believe him? He has also promised to make weak things strong. Are we really willing to submit to that process? Yes, if we desire fullness, we cannot hold back part. Having our wills increasingly swallowed up by the will of the Father actually means an enhanced individuality, stretched and more capable of receiving all that God hath. Besides, how could we be entrusted with his all until our wills are much more like his, nor could his all be, be fully appreciated by the partially committed? Close quote. So let's talk about, just in, in concluding this episode, what the Father's all is. And the frank, the frank fact is, is that we don't understand what his all is. Um, and as Elder Maxwell so wonderfully taught here, we can't receive all the Father has until we are like the Father. Otherwise, we won't be able to possibly receive all he has. We don't have the capability uh, to. And so this life, as we've discussed many times before, yes, involves striving to keep certain commandments and live our lives in a certain way. But more importantly, it's about us becoming more 
is about us developing ourselves to become more like our saviour. And in turn, because the saviour is in the express image of his father, like the father, uh, so we can receive all he has. Uh, and that ultimately is how we will receive all, is because we will have become. So we have to receive all he has because we are we are like him. Uh, that will not come instantly. It will not even come by the end of this life. It will come through years and years of preparing in this life and in the life after this. And ultimately, it can only come through the sanctifying and cleansing effect of the atonement, which comes through receiving the power of God into our life. And that power of God is what we call priesthood. Um, and I think that, um, you know, our understanding of priesthood has been developing over time, as we've said, from 1830 through to 1832 to this revelation, through to the late 1830s when the temple was restored to the earth and the blessings associated with that came through to all the times that we, we've had just had discussions about um, over the years, how on standing on priesthood, um, different restrictions on priesthood have been put on and then removed. Uh, and now we are talking about priesthood in its true sense as the power of God, rather than a, a select group of individuals and identified by gender who can use this power in a certain authority. Um, and that doesn't mean, of course, that the early saints were wrong in their understanding. It just means that they were not ready to receive it. Again, this individual uh, gave a great explanation about how, you know, if you were learning something on a certain subject, would you be able to understand it all right at the beginning? Of course not. You have to go through years and years of schooling to be able to understand more complex understandings of, of mathematics or, or whatever it is that you're learning about. Uh, and so that is the same principle with learning the gospel as a, as a collective. We are developing our, in our understanding and things that we think that we understand all about now may well change in 10, 20 years time. Um, but that's not because the, the, the doctrine has changed or the principle itself, but we are, we, are, we are able to understand it better because of what has come before. And you look at kind of how the world is developing in its understanding as well. And just how, you know, in terms of uh, the right, and, and I, I'm aware that I'm going over my time here, but there's a, there was an important point made about women's rights. If the church had been organized in 1830, and then in 1832, this revelation on the priesthood came, and it basically said that that women have this role, this vital role in the work, and need to do all of these things, the world would have, would have would have looked upon that and completely rejected it because of the world's understanding or primitive understanding on what women's roles were in society. Um, and so you know, that, that's just one reason why, um, you know, that, that hasn't been said from the start. Some people may question, you know, well, if it's the Lord's Church, why have women not had this vital understanding of how they can use priests in their lives until now? Um, and again, it, there is going to be many factors and many reasons um, and one of the main reasons may well be is that man is limited. We are not perfect in our understanding and how we apply and teach things. Um, and so I think that's an important thing to consider too. Anyway, we're going to cl close it there because it is only meant to be a 10 minute max podcast. Uh, and so thank you for listening today. Hope you've enjoyed the study and please join us as we continue through this section to learn more about the priesthood and how it applies to all of our lives. Thank you for your time and until we meet again. <laughs>